This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Something else. Hello, I'm Katie Piper, and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. For today's episode, I was invited to the Brighton home of YouTube royalty, Zoe Sugg. As well as developing a successful business around her YouTube channel and getting over a billion views on her videos, Zoe has spoken openly about her struggle with anxiety and is one of the most formidable and empowering people I know. We start off, of course, by discussing Strictly Come Dancing, which I was on with her brother, Joe Suck, last year. Last time I saw you probably was at Strictly. Yeah, it was. It was after the first performance. Oh my God, for me it was a bit of a haze. I don't (laughs) remember much. Um, I'm sure it's similar for Joe. I mean, he's on tour now, isn't he? Yes, he's on tour. But yeah, that was so exciting. For me, it's all been a bit of a blur. And I was wondering, what was it like for you as a family member supporting someone doing it? I found it so stressful. (laughs) Like every week I was like... I, first of all, I was like, I have to make sure I'm watching every single one. Like, there was no yeah. doubt in my mind. Like, I couldn't miss any of them. But I get that because there's so much uncertainty in that that could be the last time he dances. Yeah, and know? also, every week, he's obviously giving me a rundown of how it's going mm-hmm. and how he feels about the dance. And some weeks, he'd be like, that's it, I'm gone. Like, I can't do this one. Yeah. You're going to have to really you, and vote And you genuinely for me. do think that. Yeah. It, that's not just being that humble, you know. Yeah, and I knew how much he was really enjoying it and yeah. how much he loved learning new dances like for him it wasn't really about winning it was about I want to try and learn as many dances as I can yeah. he used to try like his face you could see he's trying so hard yeah like, so <laughs> concentrating so for me I was just like I really want him to stay just because I know how much he's enjoying it yeah so the pressure of like every Saturday sometimes I would watch through my hands like I couldn't so stressful yeah, yeah. yeah. what was the yeah. most like stressful part of the Saturday night I think it was knowing how many people were behind you and supporting mm. you and not wanting to let them down. And like my poor husband, knowing he'd been locked in the marquee for like yeah. two hours. And like, it's long. It's, it's really long. long. Yeah. It's a very hard kitchen chair seat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really it's is. It's not very VIP. And the seats are quite small and very sturdy. <laughs> but I think actually when it's a family member up there on the ballroom floor, you soon forget. Oh, yeah. Because you're so kind of entranced with what's going on. Yeah, and, it's magical to yeah. watch. I loved watching it. Would you do it as a contestant? No, I have not got the nerve to do that. It's a like, big commitment as well. Yeah, and yeah. also just, 
I would be one of those people that would just every Saturday I would know it was going to be live and I would really freak out about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Like I'd love to learn to dance, but the show element and the live element is what really. I think that off. was the same for me because yeah. I knew that was the case. But then when we were there, I was like, "Oh, it's like live, live, no, yeah. no delay, nothing at all." No, but like, no, this is really happening to thirteen million people. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, strictly open my eyes, maybe to something that you're already aware of, but the kind of, when the whole of the nation gets behind something, yeah, in a positive way with Strictly, yeah. but also has a really strong opinion on people they've never met, yeah. and subjects they might not have necessarily even approached themselves before. Um, and it was like really funny stuff, like, you know, you go out there, just like Joe was, do your best. If you all think it was all right, then you'd go onto like Twitter, and they'd be like, you're, you're absolutely horrendous, Aww. you don't belong on the dance floor. You'd be like... Oh God, Linda from Leeds! Like, <laughs> why are you so? Yeah, yeah. And you, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm like 35 year old woman, and I like to think of myself as quite thick skinned. Yeah. But after a while, you'd be like, "Geez, like people really hate me because I can't dance." And it was just like that eye opener to the internet lets us operate without empathy. Oh, a hundred percent. So unnatural way to yeah. treat each other and operate. Like, crazy, you know? Yeah, and I do feel like there's a generation of people, like, for me, growing up on the internet wasn't a thing. And for you, we didn't have, you yeah. know, we didn't have Twitter. We couldn't just say what we wanted to say without any repercussion. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's very much like, you know, if you had an issue with your friend in school or some, you'd fallen out with your mates, you had to to fix it face to face yeah but you didn't really have another option they might write on the toilet wall like katie's a slag yeah they couldn't write it on the internet for everyone to see yeah it was much more focused within school or within like your friendship group Mm -hmm. and there wasn't that platform to share it out really far and wide um but there's no way i would write things like that online because I know the kind of consequence of saying that to somebody yeah whereas I think now it's so easy to get so caught up in just saying what you want not really thinking about that as a real person yeah and I think that's quite like a bit of a downfall with the internet at the moment the especially. dehumanizing yeah people. yeah I mean I definitely operate different on the internet in a positive way in that you know I think before I post yeah I might write in drafts rewrite delete yeah and maybe not always share all my opinions because people don't necessarily need to hear them all mm-hmm. but sometimes I think it makes me operate without empathy too yeah for me because I've shared sort of like a medical journey yeah I would get lots and lots of trauma stories all the time Mm -hmm. and whilst you know in my private life and through charitable stuff I would try and help some of those people not all of them because that's just not possible yeah I often find myself blasé you know about some things I think read another story about something I think well I'm seeing those every few seconds yeah it kind of makes you a bit immune to it I guess yeah and I don't know I haven't come to the conclusion if that's a good thing or if it's a bad thing I don't know I guess it's like a lot of things in life if you hear something so many times Mm. it does just kind of sink in Mm -hmm. um I get the same thing, but with a lot of people's kind of anxieties and kind of mental health issues. And sometimes you'll get the odd one that does like make you go, oh my God, this, this is just such an issue for so many people. Mm -hmm. But like you said, when you're reading it daily, it kind of becomes quite normal. And that's quite sad because there are so many people that are really struggling Mm -hmm. um, and you just have to hope that they 
kind of get the help that they need because it's also like you might find it's it's impossible to be able to answer everybody yeah it, it really, would be a full-time job promise is a false promise yeah. isn't it really you just couldn't do that yeah do you find it hard um like something that I've struggled with because I kind of been like publicly visible with my story for about a decade yeah so it's been a long time so with that profile comes lots of really positive things mm-hmm. and you know things you're passionate about you can make real change to which is great but I also think there's this accountability where people might feel entitled to fix me help me answer now I messaged you today where's my reply can you do this can you do that and some of the asks are possible and you probably can and you do but some of them are way out of your remit where mm. you're like actually do you know what it's great that you looked at me for that but I'm not a doctor or I'm not a psychiatrist it's so hard because people want the help they want or they want the recognition and things like the internet do make everything so instant Mm -hmm. so they feel they can reach out to you kind of I don't know 10 years ago you'd write a letter to somebody and you'd like hope they would even read it let alone reply but these days things like the internet make it so quick and easy to reach out to someone which is great for building communities making friends and finding people that are experiencing things the same as you are but it does also mean that I guess people have the expectation that they will get the reply mm-hmm. because it is so quick and yeah. you sort of forget that people do live still live their lives offline. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not all, we might feel like everything's real time, but sometimes things aren't that snapshot real time yeah. and there might be other things kind of going on behind that as well. Yeah, definitely. How do you protect um your own energy? Because obviously like the similarities between me and you is we give parts of ourselves. Yeah. But nobody in any profession gives all of themselves. And if they did, they probably would end up quite unwell. Yeah, from that. for sure. It's quite a hard thing to balance because with vlogging, you are kind of filming your life. And then I have things like, you know, my branding is Zoella, um, but I am Zoe. So sometimes I can sort of separate the two. Mm-hmm. But That must be nice. Yeah, but then on some occasions it's really difficult to separate the two and there's kind of a bit of a grey area because mm-hmm. I am Zoe yeah. and people refer to me as Zoella as like the brand. And sometimes you think, oh, I'm just filming my day. Is this work or is this my yeah. life? Like the boundary is quite blurred. Yeah. And it has been really difficult for me to try and separate those two things, especially as like time went on and it became more successful and more people watched it. Mm-hmm. It was important for me to be able to separate the two um, and to think, you know, this is Zoe and these are her friends and this is what she does in her time off. And mm-hmm. these are things she doesn't film and kind of setting those boundaries of like, this is for me and yeah. this is for kind of online which in any other profession would be so standard. Yeah. You know, if you were running a team in the city, you would definitely have your private time, your hobbies, your switch off, where it was off limits to contact you or approach you. Yeah. Um, and that would be a clear division. So do you think, like, striving for that balance, do you think the answer is actually it's not possible 100% of the time to get the clear separation? Yeah, sometimes it definitely blurs, especially with things like hate, because you're like... Mm-hmm are they attacking the brand or are they attacking me? Which is still personal because if you build the brand, it's still... Um, Definitely, it's good for you, like for your mental health, to feel like you have that separation. I can't imagine people who do share absolutely everything, how they would ever feel they could just have 
some kind of alone time or mm. time away from the screen. Like there are people that literally film everything. Yeah, and that must be. I mean, I, but who are we to say that must be hard for some people? Actually, that might work. Yeah, it might be what makes them might, happy. Yeah, yeah, and that might be the way they've tried and the only way that works for them. But I suppose once you become, you know, when you went on Master Chef, you kind of crossed into just like how Joe has into the yeah, not just your YouTube world, but all different demographics. So you must have lost privacy when you're out and about with all age groups yeah I think stepping onto like more mainstream stuff was quite scary because I was so used to having just like an internet kind of following I guess Mm -hmm. and it was all very kind of just comments and tweets and things that you can kind of choose to go and look at but you can also you know put your phone away and it's not there Mm -hmm. and then when you start doing things like tv or like I don't know, more kind of mainstream press and things, it does bring in like a whole other audience. And those people You've got Linda from Leeds. (laughs) (laughs) Linda from Leeds. (laughs) Who do go like, well, who is she and what's she doing? And like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And we're always scared of what we don't get. Yeah, And then we, often if we're scared, then we kind of reject and we act negatively. And, you know, it's like the biggest comment I'll get online, again, when it's dehumanised, about my appearance if somebody doesn't understand what's happened to her oh she's so scary and I think okay you're just frightened because you're not educated Mm. and if we understand something then we don't kind of act negatively and usually our criticism of somebody else is kind of a reflection of how we feel about ourselves oh for sure Yeah. yeah definitely and I always try and think of it that way like when someone says something I generally just think either you don't really fully understand Mm -hmm. or you don't want to understand or you're just, I don't know, unhappy. And I always try and think of it like that because generally happy people don't spread negativity Mm -hmm. and that's always something that makes me feel better anyway. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And and I think also it's a sign of people being frightened of change. Oh, for sure. No one likes change. Yeah, (laughs) it's true, isn't it? But I try to embrace it Mm -hmm. because usually out of change, you know, is born something brilliant and different. Yeah, for sure. Nothing to be scared of in that way. Yeah, and also if nothing ever changed... It would be a really weird world that we would live mm-hmm, in. Absolutely, yeah. It would be such a boring world. <laughs> I yeah. know, it would. There was an expression um, somebody taught me the other day. They were talking about, you know, your bio and when you say what you do. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, you know, I would say um, I'm a writer, I'm a presenter, a mum. And she said, yeah, you're a slashy. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. So I don't know if it's like a millennial um Thing, which I'm probably a bit too old for but they were saying you know years and years ago like my mum and dad would have studied and got a job and they would do that job age 15 till they retire yeah and that would define them and that would be that and that we are the kind of generation where we try out lots of different things mm-hmm. and we identify as lots of different roles I definitely wouldn't identify as one thing no me neither actually and it's yeah, just kind of become a, yeah and it's more normal and actually you know life is so precious why would we just stay in one thing because we're brought up that way and that's what we kind of have to do yeah so true you have so many talents like you know why would you be defined by one do you struggle with people from different backgrounds or different generations understanding what you do and the the worth and the value of it yeah especially at first like it sort of became a thing around 2012 2013 Mm. and there was a lot of people back then being like I don't understand how do you make money Mm -hmm. and people's questions are always based around them not like you said not understanding Mm -hmm. and also I think it was such a new concept and there were so many people that were so intrigued by it 
May, but I mainly because they think, well, anyone could do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Someone once said that to my dad, actually. When he, to his face? Yeah. Oh, so that's he was buying a magazine that had, like, mm. me or Joe on it. And they were like, oh, yeah, these are the vloggers. He was like, yeah, yeah, they're my children. And they said, oh, it looks so fun and easy or something. Like, any, anyone could do that. And he was and your like... dad gets it, right? Oh, yeah, he yeah, gets it. Like, yeah. he's seen from both me and Joe, like... Mm-hmm the amount of work and the amount of dedication and yeah. you just never really switch off and he turned to them and said well if it was so easy everyone would be doing it yeah you'd exactly. have you'd have the exact same thing that they've been able to do you'd mm-hmm. be able to go and do that and I think the woman was just a bit like oh yeah no answer Good to point. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did wonder because I think sometimes with that kind of um when people see success in any capacity in any profession it does evoke feelings of um why not me yeah and like anger and jealousy and I've had a lot of that online you know I've, I've even had it with um people that we've supported through my charity because they maybe they feel that they've because they've got similar injuries to me mm-hmm. and it can often get those feelings of inadequacy and you know rather than being happy happy for somebody or celebrating them or wanting to learn from them it can it can leave people with a bigger void yeah um which I think could sometimes be hurtful if you've really invested and worked really hard in oh something. yeah you know like imagine going to a banker well anyone could go to uni and study that and do that and and, and you know like so it's kind of saying that your your worth isn't valid you yeah know? I mean how do you do is do you get that face-to-face like your dad did or is it only online if you get that um, Sometimes, especially in the beginning, I think when less people were doing it and when it was kind of people didn't really understand it, they would be a bit like, well, how has this happened to you? Mm-hmm. And for a while, I it did... It hasn't just happened to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a while, I started to believe it, though. I started to be yeah. like, well, I don't know, I just got lucky. And, like, mm. I would never embrace the things I'd actually worked hard to do. I sort of used to really fob it off. I'd just be like, oh, I don't know, shrug it off and be like, I just got lucky. It was just, you know, it just happened. See, I, I really hate the word lucky. I know. Because I, I don't think anybody gets lucky. I, I believe a lot in fate and things happening for a reason. And then it depends what sort of person you are, the mindset of if you see a situation as an opportunity or a reason to wallow. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, so luck, I mean, I think we create everything. You know, we decide how, whatever the situations happen in our life that we can't control, we then decide the aftermath. You yeah, know? we take it and choose what we do with it. Yeah, like yeah. It, it isn't possible to say you got lucky. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know. Now I'm really like, I embrace it and I'm, I'm like, yeah, I worked really hard. Yeah, To yeah. get to the point I'm at now, I worked really hard and I'm really happy with every decision I made, whether that was a yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm one of those people that's like, everything happens for a reason. And when one door shuts, another opens and yeah. kind of going with your gut most of the time Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think for some people it was a bit confusing and they didn't really understand it and I used to really play it down but now I'm like no it is hard work and if you don't understand it here's what it is and you can take from that what you want and that's a great confidence to have in business and in your career because like you know like British people are naturally quite Mm self-deprecating where you feel like you have to kind of underplay your achievements and apologize for everything yeah (laughs) which is like so ridiculous you know when and again with my job you sort of feel like okay these people are on the journey with me they've come along for the ride and actually you know 99% of them are so supportive so do you ever feel like there's that element of not being in debt to people or owing them anything but kind of you have that transparency with those people yeah for sure and one of the things that I decided to do more of this year is you know where you said sometimes you don't want to share your opinions or Mm -hmm. the internet has become a place where 
I think people are being much more careful with what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, especially when you have a big following, you can really second guess what you want to write. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point last year where I was literally second guessing everything. And I was like, that's not how I got this far. So bad for paranoia. Yeah, exactly. And also then you start creating like this false version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And you feel very suffocated and like you can't really express what it is you want to talk about or your feelings about things and so this year I did decide I was like right screw it I am not gonna worry so much about what I'm posting which is a big decision it's not easy oh no it's quite scary and already I feel so much lighter and I feel like I can enjoy posting online as much as I used to when there was less mm-hmm. kind of pressure I guess mm-hmm. how do you do you have like a, a sort of set of rules that stops you caring so much like so sometimes for me I'll go back and I'll keep looking at the comments and I'll keep checking engagement which from a business sense you have to do to a certain extent mm-hmm. but then there is also where my husband's like it's 1am can you like yeah, put your phone down <laughs> put your phone down or like turn the light down or stop looking at Linda and Leeds' cats yeah kit, you know and I'm just like, like sussing her out yeah, what's okay. Linda's problem and it's I mean even we were on holiday uh, for New Year's Eve and we we're with the kids and I put a picture up in the morning didn't have any makeup on I was in a bikini just woken up hadn't eaten and I thought I looked quite good I'd been working out and it made this crazy row below oh, no. it was really it was like 3,000 comments deep right yeah. I mean most of my followers are female um, usually they're mums and they're usually just normal people like having a chat in the comments section and it was this row of like um, you're anorexic uh, you're untoned you're overweight and you're, you're to this you're to that and I'm like to what well, you don't know anything about me you know yeah. you know something about me professionally but you know I've had problems with like eating and my gastro system I've had injuries so too thin for what and compared to what? what yeah, like yeah. what? I don't get the base point here of this row over a still image. Like, what can you really gain? And I know. And, and what it's can hard. you tell from a still image, you know? Yeah, and also I think the sad thing is, is that that image would have been so reassuring to so many people because yeah. you didn't care and you just posted it, it. Yeah. yeah it was weird but and then he was like you're ready to press what's wrong and we were like at breakfast and I was Aww, like oh. and you're away yeah <laughs> and and then he was like oh my god just switch the comment Comments feature off. off and I did but then part of me felt a bit defeatist like you know should I have like do you, what do you think do you think I did the wrong thing switching off um, the comments I don't know because I am quite sensitive sometimes yeah and I'm a bit like you where I'll go back and check the comments and I'll see if like anything's kicking off and usually it is yeah. people arguing with Each with other, other. people know, yeah. and you want to just come in and go guys yeah it's really not that deep it's a photo yeah. of me on holiday yeah um I probably would have deleted a lot of comments and just blocked the people that were causing the issue right because people can get quite nasty and I and I yeah yeah, and in the end at the end of the day it's your platform and your Mm -hmm. space and I think sometimes we forget that we actually have full control of what a what we post but also we have full control of what people want to write underneath what we post yeah and if something, you know, or if the same person keeps cropping up and nothing they are saying is positive in any way oh, or constructive, the names. Yeah, yeah, then I yeah. just think you've, you know, you've had your chance. Yeah. <laughs> Go You're and out. find someone else's page to leave You're rubbish You're going to be on. a strict mum. Yeah. I like that kind of like one morning and you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> But it also just creates much more of a positive place to post. And I think that's what the internet is lacking a little bit now. Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, it was a positive. 
positive place to post. Yeah. People were still learning how to use it. They were making friends. They were sharing the love, being really positive about one another. And I think, like you said, the empathy thing uh-huh. has allowed people to get very lazy and kind of just very caught up in it a bit too much. And I think giving people that reminder of if you're not saying something that's constructive, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to always be positive. But I think there's a way of expressing an opinion that's not being nasty. And attacking. And attacking somebody. And at the end of the day, on your platform, you can choose who's there and who isn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think I need... Well, my New Year's resolution was... I mean, it's a bit of a cliche one. But it was to stop engaging in things that didn't bring me joy. Mm -hmm. And anything that brought me, like, an insecurity to just disengage. Because, like you said, in the kind of online world, as soon as you disengage, it doesn't exist. Yeah. So it's it's not as hard as relationships. It's not as hard as getting rid of your in-laws. You know, they're there. You've got to just... (laughs) You've just got to write that out. Yeah. So actually this online life is much easier to edit. Do you think there's etiquette in like, I unfollowed a couple of people, but I didn't unfollow them because I don't like them. I unfollowed them because their IG story was giving me anxiety Mm. because it was really full on. And it wasn't anything they were directly doing themselves, but I just knew it was a bad feed for me. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to unfollow that because I can connect with them in real life anyway. Yeah, exactly. I love that though. I think more people should be like that because... There's this huge like pressure on Instagram or social feeds being very connected to real life. Yeah. And actually, like you said, you can still chat to her in real life. You can still have a nice time. It's yeah. just her feed wasn't for you. Right. And I think that's absolutely fine. So do you think that's the etiquette here? If I want to unfollow, are there like certain rules of people I just can't unfollow? I don't know because if it's kind of accounts and content so if you're following I don't know a specific account that doesn't really make sense to you anymore or yeah. you just think oh that's I'm not really engaged with their posts well, like, hey, but if it was like yeah exactly <laughs> but if it was like one of your best friends I don't know I yeah. don't I think I would struggle there well I think that's where the mute button comes in very useful there's a mute button yeah on Instagram you can mute stories and you can mute feed genius and they won't know that I no. okay imagine I'm muting spree in the car after this okay. yeah <laughs> just oh muting God. everyone <laughs> Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. (laughs) If these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. We talked about the switch off. Yeah. Can you kind of console yourself with actually, well, that's not me. And there are this section of people that really know the real me. And that's the privileged circle. Yeah, sometimes, although I'm not very good at it. Like mm. my, I work with a therapist and that's like the one thing she always has to keep reminding me mm-hmm. because I very easily just get completely sucked into it. Like like you said, on holiday, when you just kept thinking about yeah. it. Um Things like that can really play on my mind. Yeah. And then when she says to me, like, you're letting them in, you're letting them sit on your sofa, why are you doing that? The they energy, don't know you. Yeah. They don't really care about you as a yeah. person. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's nice to have those reminders. Yeah. Um, I Obviously, I have a therapist, my anxiety, but mm-hmm. as my career kind of carried on and through the years, it got more and more, mm. um, it was so helpful to have her to balance that out for me as well because it is 
crazy like the things you have to kind of deal with that you never thought you would have to deal with or the things you'd have to read or do yeah and also no one before you has done it so so no one could really tell you what could happen yeah um so to have her kind of reminding me of things like that you know Mm. don't let the two become so closely connected because they're not or you know these people aren't your friends. They're not people you need to even worry yeah. about. Um, has been really, really helpful. And I think also with a therapist, they've got no ulterior motive. Exactly. Because, you know, it's quite hard when people see you as accessible, even if you may not be, they want a piece of you or they feel entitled to a piece of you. But a therapist is not a yes person. Mm, and yeah. they're neutral. Like they, they, yeah, you know, for sure. They won't make judgment of you, but they can make judgment of you and not be scared to offend you. Yeah, you know? yeah. What kind of therapy is it? Is it CBT or? No, it's literally just talking. Talking, right. Yeah, so no CBT. We did like hypnotherapy a few times, but I found that really weird. Yeah. Have you ever done that? I have, and I wasn't really like very susceptible to it. I found it hard to switch off. and My blood pressure just went really low and I felt really dizzy and I was like, "Mm, that's not for me. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good way to find out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just talking. How did you find your therapist? Was it just online? I found her through a friend. Oh, okay. So she was recommended to me. That's um, a good way. And thankfully we got on really well because I know how many people struggle with finding the right person yeah I've had lots of different therapists and the one that I'm using at the moment I kind of seeked her out and I was like okay my problems are I'm a really public person I don't want to quit my job but I want to find privacy mm-hmm. so some older school therapist would have been like just get a job at Tesco and stop doing what yeah, you're doing just and stop your job yeah <laughs> and and that's not helpful yeah. advice you know you need someone who supports your existing goals and what you're doing I mean was it hard to find someone to connect with that understood the world that you live in um I think at first because I've been speaking to her for quite a few years now at first it was very like she took on the challenges and she had to kind of learn as I was learning yeah which I guess it was really nice because we were both like oh people are going to come and knock on my door that's weird I'm not used to that and mm. she would say does that happen it used to happen a lot oh it does we moved house so it doesn't happen so much yeah. anymore touch wood but I found that really really hard well I think that's a safety thing as well yeah. you know that's just a practical safety thing and there's no job where that would be acceptable no exactly you know, and really also isn't. the amount of like so my boyfriend who obviously does the same thing and we live together he would often say you know do a tweet like guys please don't come to our house yeah like you know we we have our off time blah 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 and the amount of responses obviously most people were like that is completely unacceptable yeah. but some people would say but that's just part of it and I'm like but who decided who that? made that rule like book? Yeah. who made the rule book where it was yeah. like you can knock on someone's door mm-hmm. because the amount of times we had to say like you don't understand even like my mum doesn't just come and knock on my yeah, door she'll send yeah. me a text and be like can I pop in yeah but she doesn't just come and knock like no one really does no, that anymore no one does um it annoys me when yeah. my neighbor brings the Amazon delivery over and I'm like <laughs> I'm in the shower yes. like just WhatsApp me and then I'll tell you to come out at four o'clock yeah, let me you know, know when you're coming yeah but it is one of those things that was like people were like well that's just what happens like deal with it that's just part of what you do and I'm like that's such a violation oh. Yeah, and I think just somewhere along the line, people just think celebrity status or someone who's well-known just comes with that. Mm. But no one's ever really questioned it, I guess. No one's ever really gone, but why? That shows a clear division 
because I'm a fan of some people, I'm a follower of some people's work. Mm-hmm. And because I'm a fan and a follower, I respect them as a person. So uh, for me, like that boundary would be really clear and it doesn't make it more authentic and make you more of a follower or more of a fan. If anything, I suppose it shows you haven't really got to know that person online and understood what they would and wouldn't have been cool with. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah. Like my favourite follower is um, somebody who would DM me being like, hey, saw you in a restaurant with your family, love all your books and what you stand for but I know from reading about you that you used to have agoraphobia so I didn't approach you but would you mind sending me a signed picture honestly things like that make me so happy because they fully understand they've connected yeah they have yeah definitely and maybe they've connected because they too feel a bit claustrophobic in certain environments and I feel like great the books are working the posts are working because that person is really on my level and we're understanding mutual respect for mental health issues yeah and treating you as a human as well as you know the follower that they that they follow the reason they follow you which is so nice do you think you have split kind of like I've split my life into different things so I always feel like I had two lives so one before I was injured was totally different and then the one post that not just because my appearance was different but because so much changed internally as well Mm -hmm. so I always feel like there's two lives in that way but I do feel like my kids and my husband and my friends get a different version of me to say when I'm booked for a corporate talk or when I'm on Instagram so I do feel like I've got two separate lives in that way do you have any like divisions or separate lives in that in that um I think there's definitely large parts of mine and Alfie's relationship that we just keep to ourselves which I think is really important considering we both do this Mm -hmm. I think it could be so easy for us to just share so much of each other and the things we do together but we always wanted to keep a lot of our relationship just to us and it's mm-hmm. so funny because sometimes we don't post photos of us for a really long time and people start going oh you've broken up oh really and internally <laughs> that's when I'm like it's working yeah <laughs> I think we've broken up yeah. that's how much we're keeping yeah. to ourselves and I think also just for us to really enjoy our relationship in that sense it mm-hmm. does need a large part of it does need to be offline so there's yeah. definitely like relationship Zoe and like friend Zoe like sometimes I'll make sure that I'm meeting up with friends and we all put our phones away or I don't film that day yeah it's really hard to do when you came out about um your anxiety because people do follow you and know you were some people kind of like not surprised at all or were people like wow I didn't really see this kind of announcement coming I think at first everyone was really surprised because it was at a time where there were so many exciting things happening. Mm -hmm. We were kind of traveling here, there and everywhere, going to loads of different events and everyone could see the success from the videos starting to happen and Mm -hmm. it just looked like I was living this like perfect, exciting life. The time they'd be jealous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh, you know, she's living in her house and there's no, she has no issues and this looks fun. And I think it was a really nice reminder to people that although though something can look a certain way there's always more going on that you might not know about and so many people found it so comforting mm-hmm. to learn that from the outside everything seemed so normal and mm-hmm. so exciting and like oh my god look what's happening with her life and then to be able to say oh well actually sometimes I really struggle with this and this is a huge part of my life that yeah. I don't share but that 
consumes so much of what I do. So you might see me on stage in front of thousands of people having the best time of my life. What you don't see is like the massive panic attack I had three seconds before that and the panic attack I've had when I come off that stage or how hard it is to actually stand there Mm -hmm. and actually do what it is you're doing. Um, So I think for them that was very eye-opening and I think it encouraged a lot of people to openly talk about it themselves because Mm -hmm. it created a safe space you know if I'm saying this is how I feel I think it encouraged others to be like okay yeah well if she can say that on a video in front of all these people then I can speak to my friend or my mum or it's the me too kind of yeah exactly exactly and I think over the years as my anxiety journey has really changed and progressed Mm -hmm. they've been able to kind of follow along with that and Mm -hmm. it's still encouraging others to do the same because where they might have known I really struggled with one thing that I'm now doing Mm. they can see the difference and they can be like oh like they can compare in a helpful way and 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 now they can kind of look at it from a whatever she's doing the therapy is working and I can see where she's really progressed in that area it makes me want to do the same thing which I think is really really great that's so helpful yeah because years ago I feel like when we used to talk about role models, people in the public eye were under the pressure to be perfect. Mm. And that was what a role model was, somebody that didn't have problems and nothing went wrong and they didn't swear and they didn't mess anything up, which is kind of like a bit robot-y Stepford-wise. Yeah, kind of like, like no one is like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and almost the pressure that does actually give people problems yeah, and, sure. and breakdowns and, and lack of authenticity and, and loads of issues. Um what was the reason that you decided to come out with this problem? Was there some kind of like define? I, I know you've talked in detail mm. about the panic attacks and how they came about, but was there a defining moment where you were like, this vlog's a long time coming, I need to announce this, or you just decided? Um, I think I was just feeling really brave that day, and I knew that talking about it would encourage others. And mm. I thought if I'd watched a video like that when I was 18, I think it would have given me the confidence that I needed to make a change or to speak to somebody and like make that first step and so I just thought even if it helped like one person Mm -hmm. then it would be great um and I think yeah I was just feeling very confident I just thought right I'm just gonna do it and just gonna post it and see what happens I mean that's the great thing it almost takes a big level of confidence to share that so it it is actually showing strength of character even though it feels like announcing a weakness yeah exactly. exactly how did you manage other people because sometimes we'll put things out there and then it's how other people um dress it up how do you stop people putting in that box of being oh that's that girl oh she's the anxious one yeah yeah it is one of those things that was quite hard to navigate because Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to get away from that label Mm -hmm. and try and work on my anxiety and not be kind of the anxious youtuber Mm -hmm. when things like the media and like you know people start obviously it's it's in a positive way they're not Mm. trying to shove me in the box they're trying to kind of talk about it in the same way I have Mm -hmm. but it it was very difficult for me to then work to move away I'm trying I'm trying not to be anxious but at the same time that's what I'm always being referred to it starts playing with your identity yeah and you're like oh maybe I am just like this anxious person and my therapist would be like no but you're not like you have you know you have anxiety but that's not who you are that's not the only thing about you it's a very small facet of yeah and it's also something I'm trying to work towards Mm -hmm. not being so it's kind of it was it was tricky at one stage to try and get that balance right 
right? Mm. But eventually I was like, okay, I can see how it's it's always going to be a thing that I want to talk about because I will always want to encourage people to make a change and to feel less alone in that area. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel much more confident that that's not the only thing about me that's yeah. worth talking about or that, yeah. you know... And I don't still feel how I felt when I first made that video. Of course, I'm like yeah. a completely different person to that now. And that's also where I can look yeah. back and be like, okay, yeah. Sometimes I guess lazy journalism is kind of keeping you in the same space. Yeah. Um, and that's just easier to Google you, see that and, and take you back there rather than actually being in the present moment and, yeah. and talking about what's happening and who you are and kind of exploring that. Definitely, but definitely. Do you have um, any kind of tips for people of how to take care of themselves and how to stay positive? Because you've managed to build this amazing empire and it's self-built, which I think is so admirable. And you've been very honest about the downfalls and the highs, the lows. And ultimately, to the present day, you've really took care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, I guess, what we all struggle with. I mean, what would be your advice to somebody to how to um, do that? Just consuming positivity in any area that you can it's so easy now with social media which can be you know an amazing platform an amazing place to find like-minded people and feel less alone it can also be a place that without you really realizing is having a negative effect on you Mm -hmm. so I think it's about knowing that you are the one in control and you're the one like taking the driver's seat in Mm -hmm. that you can unfollow people or mute people that aren't making you feel positive and whether you realize that at first or not everything Mm -hmm. you are consuming on your phone is going into your brain Mm -hmm. so just being really selective with what that is what you're reading what you're looking at whether it's like kind of trends on twitter Mm -hmm. like sometimes I have friends who get sucked into the kind of the news and the trends and they just feel so down because they're like oh I I deleted news apps because I was like it's it's too scaremongering yeah and for them you know deleting those things and just thinking I will look at a different website that has a slightly more positive Mm -hmm. way of you know telling the news or following people that are inspiring or Mm -hmm. that you can take something away from that makes you feel good yeah and just giving yourself the time to reflect and do the things you really want to do and be around the people that bring out the best in you basically yeah and then that's a way to I guess make the internet a happy place for you yeah for sure your edited version and it's so hard these days because everything kind of gets served to you yeah you know you get served the ads or you get you know if you're watching videos on the explore page they just keep going yeah or you know if you're watching a youtube video it will play it'll play one that is sort of related but not one you've actually clicked on straight after it Mm -hmm. there's there's less control now that you have, but I think it's just about kind of putting that control back yeah. in, back into your social feeds. Like you wouldn't go to a restaurant and they just bring everything to you. No, you, would you still get to pick. Yeah. yeah, and you'd even edit the dish to like maybe no anchovies. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we're all allowed to be a little bit more picky with what we look at. Yeah. Um, what do you think's next for you in terms of in business? Because obviously you've achieved so much, but I always feel like successful people will continue achieving because they are perfectionists. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've got quite a few exciting projects coming up. There's lots more beauty products coming out this year. And um, I think with this kind of industry and career, it's so hard to know what the next thing's going to be. Like you sort of almost rely on um, just being creative and doing the things you really love. So for me, I... I just know that whatever it is I'm doing, I'll I'll be loving it and 
it will yeah. be something creative. Do you think you'd ever, maybe not now, but in years and years to come in the future, do you think you'd ever mentor people? Because lots of people... I don't know. I've never thought about it. Like as a business mentor. Yeah. You know, like lots of people look up to you and, I mean, you'd make a great mentor. Thank you. Yeah. I do feel like I've learned a lot on my journey because mm. there was, like you said, there was no one really to follow. No, so there was no one for you to mentor you. Yeah, you know. so it was all kind of like you know, the trials and the errors and you kind of just have to go with the, ride mm. the wave and learn from everything, which has been hard, but also so fun and so rewarding. Mm. And we see lots of people um, blogging in different ways. For anyone who's in their house with their camera, have you got any like top three rules or three pieces of advice that you wish um, your younger self had known? Or I think one of the things that I've done from the beginning and I always say to people is, talk about the things that you are genuinely really passionate and interested about mm-hmm. because there's nothing like more disengaging than mm. reading something that feels really forced and not um what's the word I'm thinking of um not kind of fabricated yeah and it's just not very organic mm. um so I think being very authentic true, staying true to yourself writing about the things you want to write about mm. and um just be a nice person, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah spread I positivity. Think, yeah, and it comes back. Yeah, it yeah. comes back to you. It's that law, that law of attraction. Yeah. Final question, do you think you'll be doing this forever? Oh, I don't know because so many things change. Like mm-hmm. YouTube wasn't really a platform. Like when did YouTube start? 2006? Somewhere around then. I should probably know that. Yeah, I but should know that. <laughs> social media changes so much. And there's like new platforms all the time and there's kind of new trends to, to hop on. I think I will always be in the space creating. I just mm. don't know what space that will be or what I'll be creating. Mm-hmm. But I enjoy it so much. Like it will adapt at some point. Obviously when I have children, things yeah. will change. But I think as long as I'm happy with what I'm posting and uh-huh. I'm still getting to be creative, which at the heart of it is exactly why I do this. So you'd never completely leave the no, online world. No, I don't think no. I could. You built it, you can't. I know. <laughs> You're like the mother, you can't leave all the babies. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love it so much. So yeah. in whatever capacity it is, I'd still like to be there creating something. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Thank do you know you. what? You have been extraordinary. You've, you've lived you. up to the name of the podcast. I think you've been one of my favourite guests because you're so honest and I feel like you've got, you know, you, you are authentically you and you've got no reason not to be. You're just kind of so transparent and I yeah. think, you know, that's when the best advice and the best life lessons come out. So thank you. Thank I've you very so much. much fun. <laughs> lovely. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.